And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, so. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. <laughs> One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, Jim here, Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Happy Monday. I hope you all had a very, very wonderful Thanksgiving holiday weekend. If you're here in the States, if you're international, I just hope you had a good weekend. Um, We have the very talented, uh, unbelievably talented Jay Allen on the program today. Um, We talked a lot about a lot of things in this episode. Um, You know, if you're tuning in and you know who Jay is, you obviously know all of his great, great things he does with Alzheimer's and the research and the associations and all that, you know, huge, huge advocate for all that. You know, you know, Jay's story, if you know who Jay Allen is, Um, but we will get into it in the episode as well. For those of you that don't, Um, we talk about that. We talk about uh, the voice. We talk about Kylie. We talk about like everything in this episode. It was a great, great having him. Um, God, such a cool dude. He's got his head on. He's, you know, he's one of these artists that has done and been through so much shit that, you know, he's just humble. He's, you know, he, he gets it. He knows what's, you know, it, it just a huge inspiration. This guy is, um, if you're an artist listening to this, uh, you know, up and coming or, or whatnot, you know, take some advice from, from Jay here, you know, and how to, how to do it and how to stand your own ground and, and all that, you know, be you always be you. That's, that's what we strive for here. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, if it is your first time here, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, like I always say on every episode without you guys, there is no show, you know, and it's a huge thank you to you for tuning in. Um, if you haven't already, please go to our socials, follow us on everything, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, um, wherever you're listening to this, follow, like, share, subscribe, what, whatever it is. So you, you know, get an, get an alert whenever we get a new episode out, which is pretty frequent lately. Um, so thank you again, you know, and thank you to Jay for being on the show. And, um, I hope you enjoy, you know, I really do. We had a great time talking with Jay and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll catch back up with you on the other side. Cheers. Enjoy. We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant, a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. Hey, Jay. Hey, how are y'all? I'm good. How are you, man? Good. Am I supposed good. to be able to see y'all or just No, you? no, no. No, we're not that high tech yet. I haven't <laughs> I haven't had the time or the patience to fight with that. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so thanks for being on, man. I gotta tell you, I've um 
I've been trying to get you on this show for well over a year now. Oh my goodness! I, apologies, it's taking so long. No, 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 man. You you've been busy. You've been act, you've been doing like real things, man. It's awesome. Yeah, if I'm not doing something for myself, my wife has me busy. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, you can preach to the choir with that one, huh? Oh my goodness! There's not isn't enough. It, isn't it crazy? <laughs> It really is. You know, I'm just like, uh, like this last weekend, I thought we had a weekend off and Kyler's like, no, we have a wedding. And then uh, I have to sing the national anthem for this football game. I want you to come with. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, but here we are. It's all good. That's man. Right. That's right. How long have you guys been married? Uh, so we got ma- We were supposed to get married last October 1st um, on Fort Myers Beach, which is like home away from home for us, which is a long story. Um, but Hurricane Ian came through and wiped out our wedding venue. So we got married um, Thanksgiving of last year. It was the only date available, uh, actually, because I was on The Voice at the time. Kylie had her single spinning on country radio, so uh, media kind of just, like, blasted us. We did as many interviews as possible just to direct attention to Fort Myers to try to help them. And uh, someone that owned a venue inland in Fort Myers heard our story, reached out, and offered it to us. So ended up getting married last Thanksgiving. Um right outside of Fort Myers Beach. It was beautiful, man. So we're pro- encroaching that uh, one-year mark already. It's wild. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations, man. Yeah, you know, now that you say it, I remember seeing that on social media um, with you getting prepared for that and then everything that had happened. And, you know, I got to tell you, man, I, I, you know, I know enough about your story now, following you now since, I, damn, even before you were on The Voice. And you've had quite, uh, quite a few years, that to say the least. <laughs> yeah, we put in our time, man. But uh, I'm thankful for. I used to be, you know, upset by the journey. Now I'm thankful for it. You know, it's um, when you go through hard things and trials and when things aren't easy. It makes you makes you appreciate it when you come out on the other side. You know, it makes you really enjoy the the good moments. So now I just walk through it day by day. Whatever the Lord brings me, I'll, you know, I'll take it with my chin up. Yeah. So. You know, man, I know, and I'm, we don't have to get too into it because I know, you know, I know it's near and dear to you and all that, but I, I gotta say, I gotta tip my hat to you for all of the work you do with, you know, Alzheimer's and all that. And it's, it just, it's absolutely incredible. And the way you keep your mother's memory alive, I think it's absolutely great. Thank you. It's very kind of you. You know, it's, and it's all good. You know, I, I made a promise to her on her deathbed as morbid as that sounds, you know, it's facts, you know, I, you know, last conversation I had with her, I was on the road and uh, I made a promise to her. I said, you, you know, kept your promise to be a great mother. So I'll keep mine. You know, I told her, you know, final thing I said to her was I would tell your story every time I'm on a stage, I'll sing that song that I wrote for her. And, um, I'm proud to say I've kept that promise, you know, and I'm thankful that I have as hard as it's been because so much good has come from it. And, she was that person that was so shy, didn't want any attention on her. Now people know her, her name and her story around the world. And her life has, you know, helped a lot of people. And we've raised a shite ton of money. <laughs> so, it's, a, it's, a, it's okay to swear here. We're, we're, uh, we are not always safe for work kind of show. Uh, we, uh, awesome. Beautiful. We, <laughs> well, I was just, I was just in a, I was just on tour in uh, the UK and instead of shit, they say shite. <laughs> so uh, all right. I started replacing it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I kind of pride myself on being the kind of show that <clears throat> Nashville may or may not want around, um, you know, because I kind of like tell it as it is. I put it out there. You know, I don't, there's no beating around the bush. If 
you know, if the latest Luke Combs song sucks, I'm going to, I'm going to tell him, <laughs> you know? Hey man, that's, that's the only way that's, you know, honest truth is humanity and humanity is when we, you know, connect with each other. And, you know, I, w- I, you know, I think it's, I think that's why I ended up in, you know, country. My mother loved country music, uh, but I never really thought it'd be, you know, the country artist, but uh, it's just authentic. You know, I can, I tell people I can get on stage and I can, Talk about God and fighting it's Alzheimer's, you know, in one breath and then the next I can be, you know, you know, drinking a beer and cussing and telling a dirty joke, you know, so right. like, right. that's, that's real, you know, and I think that's, you know, that's, again, that's humanity and that's how people make connections and meet each other where they are. So I love it. Yeah. And, you know, country music, you know, the community itself is just so welcoming and so, you know, it, it's really... You know, I heard it once a long time ago where if you're a country music fan, you know, you're a fan of everybody. It's not just, you know, it's not like I'm just a Jay Allen fan or I'm just a Luke Combs fan or I'm just a, you know, Keith Urban fan or an Alan Jackson fan. You know, like, you like everybody if you like country music. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I feel the divi- there's some division happening right now, which is sad, uh, but that's just kind of our culture. Unfortunately, I, hopefully we'll walk out of that soon, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, my, some of my favorite memories are my mother picking me up from school when I was a kid or a practice or whatever, and she'd roll down the windows in her 95 Buick with Sabre, and we would, you know, laugh and sing every word to every country song on the radio. It didn't matter who they were. And it was just, you know, it's, it's real-life stuff, and their stories, and it's most of it's, you know, it's either feel good or, you know, if it's heartbreak, it's real heartbreak, you know, uh, Whiskey Lullaby. Like, there's some real songs, you know? Yeah. Um, that's why I've always really connected to it. And I think that's how I've found my place now. And it's cool now because, you know, this really, I, you know, I've been a philanthropist more for the last few years, but because of that, I learned when you're really authentic and when I'm authentic through music, that's when you really, you know, meet people and they, they, uh, they pull something out of you when you're, I, I say, when I talk about my shit on stage, that's when people have a feel comfortable talking about their shit. You know, so I wrote this song called, I had some really, it's been a journey. You said journey in the beginning, you know, all the things I've been through and we've all been through things, but, um, I, you know, I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to write something real. Like what's the positive experiences and lessons that I took from experiencing loss, you know, and I I don't think a lot of people talk about that. And I thought about this phrase uh, that we all know called, there's no time like the present. And I thought, well, how about there's no present like the time? And I wrote this song. It was the first song I wrote when I came off The Voice. And I started working on a record deal and got offered a record deal um, with this label called One RPM. And I presented it to the label head, who him and I have become good friends. We became friends before even the, the music part came into play. He spends a lot of time in Nashville, and I needed to have a dinner with him. And he brought up that he was sick. And uh, he, you know, I won't go into too much detail or mention his name out of privacy, but uh, he said, yeah, I need a kidney. I have one kidney left. And, you know, if I don't get a kidney soon, it's not looking good for me. So I offered a kidney to him and uh, we went down that whole rabbit shoot and spent, you know, he put me up in New York City for about a month to, you know, try to make that happen and get the surgery. Very end of it, uh, it came down to where I couldn't give it because I had too high of protein levels or something stupid like that. He ended up getting a new kidney, but we became really close over that. And, um, so, I, you know, I presented this song that I wrote after the voice to him called No Present Like the Time. 
it's really all about, you know, life is a gift, make the most out of it. And um, he goes, dude, he goes, I, I want to do this deal with you. He goes, I'm going to bring on a radio team. And uh, one way or another, we're going to find a way to put that song on country radio. And so um, we just, uh, I just got news that the, bud the budget was approved. No one knows how much money it costs to go to country radio, but the budget was approved. And uh, we're going to try to take that song to country radio um, next month or top of November. So, and start that journey. So, man, I, I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have happened if I hadn't made that decision a long time ago just to be real and authentic. So I really connect with that. Wow. You were like, just I, like, I'm at a loss. I've never, I, it's been a very long time since I've met or talked to anybody so selfless as you. Oh man. That's my wife might tell you different. <laughs> well, I'm sure she does. Um, but listen, we're going to get into Kylie in a little while. Don't you worry. Yeah, yeah. Because because yeah. her and I have some bones to pick that you can help maybe help me out with. Oh yeah, I'll help. Let's go to war, man. <laughs> <laughs> I fight that battle every day. <laughs> <laughs> Just add it to the list, right? Yep, 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 yep. Um. So tell me about yeah. How did you? How did how did you start playing music? When did you start playing music? Yeah. So uh, man, uh, let's go all the way back. So my dad. Uh, I grew up in a little town in Iowa, and uh, my dad. He uh, started a restaurant. His name is Joe. So he started this restaurant with another guy named Joe. And they called it Joe's Country Grill, which is so funny to me now. Um, but he hired a couple waitresses, and they were sisters. And one was my mother. They fell in love. Thus, I was created. Uh, so I kind of, my first few years of life, you know, I remember they, you know, now I'm looking back like, that's crazy that they got me up at three o'clock every morning to take me into, you know, the restaurant to open it up at 4 a.m. and but I'd, you know, I'd sit there and mom would, you know, give me a coloring book and give me breakfast. And then all the old guys would start walking in. And there's a couple that came in one day and they're so kind and so sweet to everyone. And they started inviting my parents to church. And um, my parents, I get, you know, I learned later on, they just had a bad experience. You know, they went to like Catholic school, you know, nothing against Catholics or anything like that. But their experience with Catholic school and going to Catholic church was not good. So they associated church with that. And so they politely declined. Uh, every time this couple, Ron and Milo, would invite them. Eventually, they asked if they could take me. My parents agreed to that, so they started taking me to Sunday school. Um, every Sunday, they had like this little uh, mini bus, and they would pick up uh, you know kids along their route to church, and I was one of them. And I was my, me and my sisters were the ones that kind of stuck it out the longest, and they ended up becoming like a second set of parents to me. And, um, I remember we're sitting in the front row, you know, front pew of this uh, Baptist church we were attending. We sang hymns back then. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, I confidently was singing all the female parts out of this hymn for How Great Thou Art. <laughs> and uh, Ron overheard, and I remember he just looked down, he patted me on the head, and he said, oh, you can sing. I'm putting you on stage next weekend. If you have a gift, you're going to use it. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. So terrified you know like seven or eight years old singing in front of all these people uh, that was the first time i experienced you know like uh, a response to me doing something in front of people that was positive and it just kind of escalated from there i ended up long 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 story short i ended up becoming a music director and uh, ended up at a mega church in savannah georgia and um Along the way, you know, uh, I learned a lot about myself, what I believe. And then, you know, you gain a lot of confidence. You know, not only are you on stages, 
a lot in front of people singing, but also you're leading people. And so um, just kind of got to a point where, you know, um, I realized I wanted more than just singing or leading people in one place. I wanted to expand that and take it farther and, um, you know, ripped off the Band-Aid and moved to Nashville uh, a little over 10 years ago and started the process. They call it a 10-year town. I with keeping that Central Mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center. Again, here in Worcester, dcucenter.com. They are the premier venue here in Central Massachusetts. They are a mid-size arena. They're the home of the Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates. Numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers. Felt every second of 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, here we are, you know, now, uh, you know, we've accomplished a lot more good than I could have ever accomplished in that one church, you know, because, you know, now it's a, you know, it was a really sad experience of losing my mother, but we've turned it into something beautiful. You know, we've created a, you know, something of healing and something where people, you know, realize they're not alone and they attach to this one song and this one story to be able to feel like they have the confidence to share their own, you know, so, you know, that's where it all started. And, you know, it's definitely not over yet. Got a lot more uh, story to tell and a lot more things to accomplish. Yeah. Wow. So when did you, when did you um, start doing, when did you leave this mega church to pursue this kind of, you know, full time, more or less. Yeah. So uh, I love that. I love that you're the type of person that you are. So I can just tell you what happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. There's, so there's I, no, I, yeah. There's no beating around the bush here. Heck yeah. So, you know, I, I'd already experienced the heartbreak within the church walls. And like everything good, there's always a negative. And uh, there's, you know, there's politics, you know, behind the scenes and, Oh, yeah. I was very pure-hearted, and I came out realizing um, that Santa Claus does not exist. The Easter money is not real. Wow, well, uh, kids, kids, kids. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kids don't listen to this show. Or if you know what, if you're a parent, you're let kids listen to this show. You're probably a terrible parent. Well, I meant it in the <laughs> sense. I meant I meant it in the sense where like life sucks sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Know? Oh, hell yeah. You know, so and you know, I had to learn that. You know, where you know, I had a, a pastor of a, a mega church you know, pretty much sit me down and say, we found out that you've made, I, along the way, I'd made friends with uh, a celebrity in Savannah, Georgia, and that celebrity's kind of right-hand person um, had become a very close friend, and uh, we spent a lot of time with him and his crew, and he happened to be homosexual, which I didn't give a shit about that. He was an awesome guy. He never made me feel awkward you know like we just you know he was a fun awesome guy really plugged us into the community and uh it really came down to where i you know i was already on my way out um you know mentally and i'd already kind of checked out of the church um but what really put the nail in the coffin was this guy and you know, sitting me down and saying you're gonna be friends with gay people or you're gonna lead worship at our church you know that was how he put it very bluntly and Christ. Uh, man uh i honestly i just stood up and i shook his hand and i said thanks for the opportunity but this is my last day here and packed up my stuff blocked all their numbers and i never went back and um i'm very glad i made that choice it kind of i was praying for an opportunity to walk away with my head up and that's the opportunity i was given so right, and, uh, right. Yeah. like they 
it, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You know, you got the, you got the, wow, you got the get out of jail free card without having to be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, they very much so made themselves the bad guy, whether they see it that way or not. Um, uh, you I'm know, sure, I'm sure they don't. Yeah, yeah, and not, and not to get too far into that, but I just I saw things and I had to hear things and I had things forced upon me that just it, that was the nail in the coffin. I was like, man, I'm out of here. I don't align with that, you know. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. You know, it's funny you mention it, it's funny you mention religion because you know, there's a few things I've always kind of like tried to stay out of with these things and it's religion and politics but you know in the in the country music world it's hard to stay out of those things right yeah and um growing up here in the northeast you know it's catholicism when i was a kid was was the thing that's what you were you know we're irish so you were an irish catholic and that was it there was no ifs ands or buts about it right and you know living in the boston area when all of the allegations and all that started coming out it was you know it to the community, it's devastating because it's, you know, this is what we were, we've been told was right the whole, our whole lives, yep. you know? So it's, it at that point, it wasn't even a, a level of right or, you know, whatever was happening was right or wrong because obviously it was wrong. It was like a, you know, your whole foundation as a person is like, shit, have I been lied to my whole life or like what's yeah. going on? Yep. Yeah. You know, it's wild yeah you kind of you know i'm I'm thankful again for that you know that experience you know coming up in the church as they call it and uh, then working uh for church you know uh facilities and you know i had to kind of reteach myself i kind of had to start fresh and decide as as a grown man you know if i could you know wipe away all the memories and all the lessons um even Ron and Lila picking me up and taking me to church that first Sunday morning. What would I choose to believe? You know, how, you know, how would I choose to treat people? Um, how would I choose to live my life? And uh, man, that was not easy to do. Um, but you know, now I'm to a place where I don't have to go to church on Sunday morning to have a strong faith and to have a personal relationship with, you know, God and my maker um, and to, you know, take whatever lessons I've chosen to believe, um, teachings I've chosen to believe and to, you know, make that a part of how I treat others, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, you gotta, the world sucks a lot, a lot of the times, but, uh, you know, if you really sit down and just try to figure out what you think is best and apply that to your life and the world and others, I think we'll all be fine. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, and every, like I, I always say, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, it really does. You know, I'm thinking, you know, going back to what you said from the beginning, you've been through a lot, you know, we've all been through a lot, but if you just choose to not focus on what you've been through, but focus on where you're going and that those were just the building blocks that made you who you are so you can do great things and, you know, it's all good. Bring it on. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So now in this time, right, you leave, you, you go through this situation how much time passes between that moment and your voice audition and what is happening in between that time? Yeah. So, um, um, you know, I get, you know, I get to Nashville. I, you know, this is another, this is another piece of the story that, you know, I'm starting to talk about now with this next release. I'm releasing a song called halfway house and it's about, um, going through a divorce. So I was married before Kylie, um, 
I, I was very young, I think, you know, 23 and she was like 19 or 20. And we just kind of, you know, got married too young and grew apart. And, she, you know, she made some bad decisions. And, um, you know, so we had to part ways. And, uh, you know, I, I moved to Nashville by myself. I knew no one. I literally had, I gave, I gave her everything I had. I literally emptied my accounts, told her to keep the ring, gave her the dogs, all of our furniture, everything. And I moved to Nashville with one suitcase and one guitar. And uh, again, the way that I've seen God work in my life, how I felt so confident was moving to, here to Nashville was, um, I had mentioned this to a pastor friend of mine that, you know, I was thinking about this, praying about moving to Nashville. And he said, well, I have some friends there. Let me reach out. And I remember he called me and, you know, kind of, I could hear that, you know, he was being emotional. He goes, Jay, he goes, take it or leave it. But there's a couple that lives right outside of Nashville, an older couple. He was a pastor for a long time, retired. Um, they have an in-law suite in the back of their home and they offered it to you for as long as you need to get on your feet. And so I moved to Nashville. I'm not, uh, I'm not lazy at all. So I immediately got a job. Uh, I started, you know, getting plugged into the Nashville scene, um, created a band, started writing every day blah, blah, blah. But these people let me stay. The first time they met me, they gave me the keys to that apartment. And I would write a check at the top of every month, put it in their kitchen uh, for rent. And I'd come back home that night and be ripped up and back on my counter in my kitchen. That was the only way that I was allowed to get on my feet and uh, wow. you know, survive my first you know, half year in Nashville before I finally got my first publishing deal, you know, and that was a grind in itself, you know, working, working a full-time job <laughs> while trying to create relationships, which involves, you know, being present, being out and about and going to all the events and all the bars and exhausting yourself and then writing the songs and doing the work to get that first publishing deal and showcasing yourself and your abilities. So I finally got that deal and it was, it was pennies for, you know, a draw for a publishing deal. Um, but it allowed me to, you know, finally get my own place and just start grinding. And then that, you know, it's kind of a domino effect. If you know, if you keep working hard and you just find your circles and meet the right people. And, and also, you know, a lot of on my knees nights begging God to point me in the right direction, open doors. And one publishing deal led to another, uh, led to another, led to a management deal, uh, led to, you know, I, I was the highway fund on Sirius XM. Um, kind of by happenstance, um, that led to me linking up with a booking agent. I started, you know, touring and opening up for anyone you can think of. I said yes to every opportunity and uh, that's when my mom got sick. So that was, I think in 2017, you know, around 2018 and, um, really out of, you know, out of heartbreak, I had a moment with her where I hadn't seen her for like two years and dad brought her to Nashville and the disease Alzheimer's had progressed really quick. So she was diagnosed when she was 51. It took her life in two years and nine months, which is very, very rare. So went from having a mother that I believe would just, you know, naively believe that was just going to be there at all times. You know, I think we all think that with our parents to suddenly like my mother had aged like 15, 20 years overnight, was deathly ill, um, was falling apart and we were losing her. Um, so before it progressed any further, my dad brought her to Nashville and uh, that jarring moment when you, you open your door and your, your mother, who I, I was 
the oldest and her only son. So you imagine how she treated me, you know, um, I was her everything and she was mine. She looked at me like I was nothing. Like it was just like a, a painting on the wall. And, uh, it, it broke something inside me, man. It shattered something in me. And, uh, so I took her, we took her out. Just, I kind of had a fight or flight moment and I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. And, uh, so we took her out, you know, we're just go, go and have dinner and, you know, whatever, have some drinks and just, I, I didn't really know how to face it. So our whole crew went out that night, Kylie and my, you know, my sisters and my dad and my mom. And, um, I remember we walked into this venue called the Sutler here and, uh, I opened up the door and there's something about people that have, you know, dementia really bad. Um, re there's a glossy look in their eyes. They're just not there, you know, mm. like there's the light bulbs off. Um, but when I opened up the door, that venue, my mother stepped in and she saw the band on stage and she heard the music and suddenly that light came back and she was like, I want to go inside. Let's dance and started talking and. So I took her right to the stage. We started slow dancing to a fast song. And uh, man, what happened next really triggered like the evolution of, you know, what's happened the last six years for me is um, my mother took a deep breath and she like leaned into me and she said, oh, Jay, I've missed you. It's so good to see you. I love you, son. For a, for a half second, I have my mother. And that's what I realized, man, holy shit, music, music just did that. It took my dying mother and I brought her back to life because of music, because of a moment of music. Um, so I, I immediately had this thought, you know, they're, it's our last day with them. I remember shutting the door. My dad takes my mom. And they begin their drive back to Iowa and stand in my kitchen in Nashville. And, uh, I, you know, kind of a smirk on my face and also tears in my eyes, I realized I could do something. And I had this thought, I still see you in between those blank stairs. And I'm going to fight for you. So I took that song to Music Row and I wrote it with a good buddy of mine, Jason Nix, who has gone on to have a lot of hits <laughs> ever since. Incredible songwriter, but he helped me take that concept and that idea, put pen to paper and turn it into a reality. Uh, we... We sent that song, We, you know, when you write songs, when you're signed to publishing companies, you turn them in. And so we turned that song in at the end of the day. And it, w it wasn't meant for anyone but myself and my, my family, you know, like it was a song out of therapy. And um, the guy that was the president of Sony ATV at the time called me three days later. So, Jay, I'm sitting in my office. I'm listening to this song, Blank Stairs, and I'm sobbing because I know what it's about. He said, not a lot of people know this, but he said he lost his father to Alzheimer's, was his caregiver for the last five years of his life. I was like, holy shit, man. And he said, well, uh, let's do a deal today. He said, I'll make you a promise that I'll get this song in front of some very important people if you promise me that every dime that we make from it we give towards bringing awareness to or funding the research for finding a cure for this disease. I said, yes, sir. And then it just exploded. And uh, I said, yes, to every opportunity, uh, Alzheimer's, the National Alzheimer's Association reached out. They had me perform at a gala in San Jose. First time I'd ever done that. And I remember getting on stage and, and looking out in the crowd and like, it was like a celebrity gala. It was like, the San Francisco 49ers were there, like Garth Brooks was sitting in the front row. Um, and I just did my deal, you know, like I, I'm just a normal dude and had no idea how I got in that situation. So they wanted me to tell the story and send a song. So that's what I did. And 
the next thing that happened really changed my perspective on life. Um, it, I think it's really easy to have a hard heart and um, have a sense of comparison all the time. And especially, you know, when you meet a famous person, you're like, oh, you either idolize them or you're jealous of them or both. And, um, after I did that whole bit and I uh, really just poured my heart out for the first time in front of all these really important people, um, the coolest thing happened. Everyone stood up and just hugged each other and we all like cried, you know, and everyone was clapping and um, it didn't matter. In that moment, it didn't matter how much money you had, didn't matter how famous you were, how successful you were, whether you were Jay Allen or Garth Brooks, we all suddenly had a common ground um, and we were all human and we'd all, you know, realize we all in this room have experienced losing someone or have already lost someone to this disease. And it was such a moment of healing. Um, and then that night they raised a couple million bucks to fight against Alzheimer's and just escalated. It was like a spider web effect for me. Just I kept getting phone calls and emails and uh, the agent just kept putting me on the road. And, you know, before I know it, I look up and, you know, it's been, you know, eight, eight, nine years. And then the voice had started to call me and um, uh, I politely declined four seasons in a row. <laughs> and then uh, uh, <coughs> last year they called me and uh, I thought, you know what? I didn't have any deal at the time. I was just strictly doing the philanthropy thing on my own. And uh, really kind of started, was feeling a little bit like, I don't know, like I was beating my head against the wall and felt like I'd taken it as far as I could on my own. And, they called me and I picked up and I said, all right, I'll do it. You know, if you let me share this song and tell the story. And they said, Jay, that's why we want you. I was like, all right, let's go. And they told it in such a beautiful way that I could have never expressed myself. And um, we got to announce what I thought was the amount of money we had helped raise. And then I came off the show. They had to do a fact check. So they called my attorney and my attorney called me and said, Jay, you've actually helped raise double that amount of money. So we got to announce on the show that I've helped raise over $100 million to fight against Alzheimer's. And um, then, like I said, I got that call from the head of the record label and offered me a deal, you know, and now we're gearing up to try to take us on the country radio. So now we're going to thank our friends on the North Shore, the Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint, our buddy Jonathan Post is the head chef and owner of The Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out, theporchsouthern.com. And it's kind of one of those things where you wish, you know, along the way, I remember I've had moments where, you know, why hasn't it gone the way that I thought it would? Or why did it not happen for me the way it happened for someone else? And uh, man, I'm so thankful for my journey, you know, because, you know, it's made me who I am. I have something to say now to help people with music. So that's what we're trying to do. Um, I think for the first time in the history of the show, I I have I don't I wiping tears from my eyes and I don't know what to say. <laughs> like damn, that's uh, I've, I think I need to give the audience a minute too to uh to to wipe the tears. That's that story is absolutely incredible and I like literally felt every emotion as you said that. I have not 
this sounds probably sounds bad, but I have not listened to a story that intently in a very long time. Hmm. And I, I, I honestly, I thank you for sharing it because I'm sure it's, it's not easy, no matter how many times you share it to share it. Uh, well, thanks for uh, making me feel comfortable enough to share it, you know, oh, anytime, really. man. Yeah. Anytime. But you know, it, it's, it's tough because, you know, uh, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm so conflicted with, you know, like the idea of like being someone that has a story that people even care about, you know, even like, I'm always conflicted about, you know, being on a stage in front of people and people pay tickets or, you know, pe- you know, it's just cause it, it really, at the end of the day, I find the most pride in trying to accomplish something that's not about me, you know, and I, I want to be everyone else's cheerleader and champion rather than myself. But I also realize if I'm not brave and if I don't tell this story, then I'm not going to accomplish, you know, what I'm designed to do. And again, I, I always say, and what you're doing now with this podcast is you're helping people. You're creating a safe place and an outlet for people to, you know, find community and healing, feel like they're not alone and, uh, you know, turn whatever they've gone through into something positive. So you know, I want to thank you for creating a safe place for me to tell the story and to be being such an intent listener. So thank you. Well, I thank you for saying that. I mean, that means that means more than you'll ever know. So let's uh, let's get into some some happy fun things. Um, yeah. Now, with your time on The Voice, right? What was your experience like? Because we've you know we've talked mm-hmm. to a lot of people that have gone through The Voice and the whole nine yards and have done yeah. you know have have gone far, have gone not far, have not even made tv you know so i'm curious on what your um situation was yeah so i felt from the beginning that i had a lot of control uh that i was kind of in the driver's seat and they they allowed that you know um the the producers executive producers you know very good communicators and it really you know i told them going in i really want to tell this story and i do not i I told them i don't want to go to the lives i I especially don't want to like go in like and win this thing like i said i want to be able to tell the story well and then i want to walk away so really what mattered to me most was the first segment which they call the blind audition Um, Mm -hmm. you know so um after that aired i was like well it premiered you know they had taken a season off from the voice and then it was monday night all this anticipation it had been a full year since anyone had seen the voice on tv so they put me on that first night in that two-hour slot um, in a primetime slot, and it was such a beautiful, big moment, and it exploded. Blank stairs immediately went up the iTunes charts. I, I think it landed like at number two, almost teetered to number one. And then, um, all, you know, we started raising all this money again. I'm like, I'm happy, you know. And so, yeah. Um, but they wanted me to keep going on, so I did a couple more. And the third segment, I was like, I want out after this one, you know. So it was one of those things where, I, you know, I sensed that, you know. Uh, you know, they were going to put me up against someone that was going to be a contender to win the show, which they did. So uh, I was like, okay, great. I'm going to give my all and I, they're going to boot me off the show. Perfect. Well, then uh, somehow they pulled a fast one on me and created a dramatic moment and surprised me and had Kylie in the crowd on this third, on my third segment. And uh, she was literally right behind Gwen Stefani. Um, who was like eyes on me the whole time. And like halfway through my performance, they spotlighted Kylie and she has a camera on her face and she's like waving at me. And I just like, I was singing a, a song called Prayed For You by our friend Matt Stowe, who we become friends since. Um, 
but uh it was like one of those moments i was like i'm singing prayed for you on the voice this beautiful moment in my life and then my bride is in the crowd right behind glenn stefani waving at me and i choked up and uh they're like oh he forgot the words and i was like oh my gosh like y'all did that on purpose <laughs> and uh that's you know they they showed it like that and that's how it went down and i was actually so thankful like what they didn't show is when i walked off the stage you know like top 30 or whatever I, my hands were up and i ran out the door like smiling like it couldn't have gone any better and um you know from the beginning i felt nothing but a sense of love like it's not like, you know, how the American Idol used to be where there's bloopers and they kind of picked on people. And yeah. I do not align with, um, as funny as it was, um, it, it's all, it's so positive and, you know, they champion, um, young singers and artists and it is a storyline focused show and they told the story well, you know, and they still keep in touch since, you know, they follow me and message me and the producers have all kept in touch and they celebrate the moments that we're celebrating with me still. And, um, it was really uh, shocking, the last show that I played last year. Um, I remember I thought it was going to be in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And then we get a call from Blake Shelton and uh, his GM from Old Red. And they said, Jay, we'd love for you to come to, uh, uh, he said, I'd love for you to come to my hometown, Old Red, in Tishomingo, Oklahoma, if you can make it on this date. And I said, yes, without hesitation. Then I realized, oh, my God playing a show the night before in Albuquerque. I had to drive through the night just to make it. So um, we made it happen. And uh, I remember we, we sound checked at Old Red. And uh, I was like, man, like, there's a lot of staff here. They're like polishing tables, like mopping the floors. Like, and it was like packed full of staff while we were sound checking. And uh, I was like, dang, this place is like the nicest Old Red I've ever been to. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we went back to the hotel. Me and my guitarist, we got ready and we come back to the green room and the green room in Tishomingo is like under in the basement. So we come in from the outside door, walk down the stairs. I remember my guitarist stops and he looks back at me with a smirk and he goes, Jay, who's that cute little blonde sitting on the couch? And I peered over his shoulder and I was like, no way, bro. I said, that's Gwen Stefani. <laughs> He's like, what? But yeah, Gwen Stefani sitting on the couch and then she saw me. And like got up and like big smile came and hugged me and then i realized blake was there too and they were completely dressed down and uh, i was like what the heck and they're like we wanted to surprise you gwen said when i woke up this morning blake said hey how about we get on the jet and go surprise jay he's playing tishomingo and so that's what they did they came and they kind of just showed their their character and, um and uh, i got to see them without lights and cameras and um Man, they were so just kind to me and uh, and took pictures, you know, with, you know, my crew and, you know, they hung out with everyone. And I was like, dang, what, what a, it was a nice positive, like, kind of like bow on the top of this gift that they gave me called the voice, you know? So, um, I'm so thankful that I did it. I'm I'm thankful that I said no four times in a row just (laughs) because it was the right time to say yes when I finally said it and I was prepared for it because, it was a tough go. I mean, it was two and a half months of solid, you know, by myself, you know, um, in a hotel room, you know, COVID on the West Coast. Um, so mass up at all times that we weren't allowed out of our rooms for more than 10 minutes per day unless we were filming. So basically imprisoned, you know, for two and a half months. Yeah. I, couldn't see, I couldn't see my at the time, you know, we were engaged, me and Kylie. So uh, we actually bought her a. Kylie is very much so a brunette, curly, long hair, but we bought her a short blonde 
wig off of Amazon uh, just to sneak her in to the voice, uh, to the hotel we were staying at. And, um, so I could actually see her and spend time with her. It was that intense. So, nice. um, but I was prepared for it. And, uh, man, a lot of things got worked out for me internally. And then for, you know, my career and for my philanthropy, it kind of just escalated everything and sent me on this trip that I've been on for the last year. So, damn, you know, it's funny because, um, I've never been much with like, you know, singing competitions on TV. I don't, you know, it just doesn't, it's never been a thing for me. I've never really been interested in it. It just, you know, the original days of Idol when, you know, Simon was picking on people, you know, you watched it because you never knew what was going to happen. You know, and then last year, right around, you know, when the season started, um, we had kind of stumbled across uh, Morgan Miles, right? Yeah. And we had, you know, we had saw her do her blind audition on TV. And like, you know, I reached out, you know, just because I'm tenacious and, you know, I'm, I've got a very much a don't you know who I am kind of personality. Uh-huh. Um, and I said, hey, we would love to have you on the show. And she's like, oh, well, where are you located? So I told her, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm up in the, you know, I'm about a half an hour north of Providence. And she's like, I'm actually playing a show Friday night there. Nice. And I was like, yeah, that's funny. We're going to be there. So like we hooked up, you know, swapped numbers and all that stuff. And that week we recorded an episode and it was like, I want to say it was like maybe episode two of the season for the voice. And like, it was so funny because like, you know, she knew certain things right up until the live stuff. And like she, you could tell how much she just wanted to, to talk about it. Yep, yep. And then like how much she had to hold back. And she was just like, just, just, just watch. You know, and it was like, uh-huh. it was just so cool to see that, that part of it, you know, and watch her journey through the whole thing because we pretty much, you know, started at the beginning with her. Um, you know, it was, it was cool. It was cool to see that and hear her story and now hear your story and how it went for you is, you know, I feel like we're a part of season 22 of The Voice for forever. <laughs> yeah, Morgan's actually a good friend of mine. Uh, we've known each other for years. Actually, at one point, we were assigned to the same management company, which no longer exists. Um, but uh, so, you know, she, I think her entire family moved to Nashville just to support her and her music career, which is crazy. They bought a house here and everything. And, yeah. Um, you know, so I've seen her journey. We actually, you know, I think we went a good maybe six months without talking, which, you know, sometimes happens. And until we walked on the plane and literally we were sitting, we happened to be sitting right next to each other on the plane to LA. And she goes, no "No way. I'm like, yeah, way. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I I think she like, it's awesome because she was, she's built for that. She's always like teetered that line of like, am I country? Am I, what am I, you know? Yeah. Uh, really what she is is a big giant voice you know and a, a huge beautiful heart so I was pumped to see her and uh, they definitely picked the right person uh, to you know go all the way so couldn't be more proud of her yeah no all right I gotta I'm gonna ask when you say picked to go all the way is that is that accurate did they, did they <laughs> set that up or are we gonna get in trouble by NBC and the voice and hey man I'm not in the, I'm not in a contract anymore so you know it's you know we I would tell you, like, along the way, they, they never all the way fill you in, but they hint towards how it goes down. 
And uh, like I said, I always felt like I was in the driver's seat. So I was very vocal even during the interviews. Like I, I was just like, I don't want to go to the lives. I don't want to win. And, uh, you know, from the very beginning, I told the producers that and that's, you know, how it went down. And I kind of predicted who would go and, all, you know, I was mostly right. And I thought Morgan would win the whole deal. Um, so, yeah, I definitely I definitely knew she'd go to the lives and crush it. She just has uh, and then that's what she wanted too, you know, so. Um, but then also, like, there's the frustration of when she's in the lives and stuck in a contract still, and I get to come off, you know, top 30 or whatever, and immediately start negotiating a record deal contract. You know? so, yeah. Uh, right. Yes. So there's give and takes. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a show, you know, and it's, uh, they want characters to fill a role, you know, and they tell a story, you know. So right. and they, they do it very well. They're, it's a very intelligent crew. Um, they, they have it down pat and, uh, you're, you're, you're in it when you're there. Like if you, you're either in it or you're not, if you push against them at all, like they'll kick you off the show. Yeah. It's that so, yep. They make a lot, they make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Lot of money. yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it's funny because sometimes it's even better to not win those shows. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm, <clears throat> I'm sure if you were to say to a regular person that, you know, just casually watches it and says, Hey. I'm going to give you, you know, here are three names, Jay Allen, Morgan Miles, and then, you know, Bryce Leatherwood. They're not going to know who Bryce Leatherwood is, and he won the damn thing. Yeah, you know, I think Bryce's, you know, deal probably already expired. Um, Morgan got a, I think she got a a kind of a a deal with an independent label in L.A., I believe, and then I got a record deal, Um, you know. So, um, you know, it was interesting because I had a, you know, I feel like you have to have a plan going in. I was one of the older ones on the show, so I knew kind of what to expect and what I wanted to accomplish. And, you know, first and foremost, I wanted to bring awareness to this disease. And then secondly, I wanted to elevate my career, you know, go get a, a great deal. Not just a deal, but I wanted to get a good deal. Yeah. You know, and, um, so I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at 10thwhiskey.com. That's 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We, um, we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out. 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Cheers. You know, that's, you know, the moment I came off the show, I went to work, you know, and I think watching from the outside, you know, a lot of these kids are like, oh my gosh, like I'm famous now and I'm going to be good. And that's not the case at all. Like it's, um, a lot of them just went in and sang their butt off and then, you know, came off the show and then very quickly went right back to the lives they had. And that makes me really, really sad because um, it's such an opportunity for you as an artist if this is what you want to do for a career to take hold of that moment because you're only given so many, right? So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that a few of us walked away, you know, especially someone that, you know, I've been friends with and cared about, Morgan. We walk away and get to elevate our careers and continue doing this for a living and to help others through music because of this show. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, you know, when you're given an opportunity like that, you know, to, to not run with it, it's, it's, it's stupid. It's honestly just stupid. Yeah. At the end of the day, like I'm a bit like, we got to be business people, you know, right. You know, right. And if you're not business minded, like it's just not going to work out. <laughs> so, yeah. My wife oh, would tell absolutely. you that at the, at the end, my wife would tell you that at the end of the day, like you know, 
the singing part and the being on the stage part is literally the last piece of the puzzle. Like that's the easy part. All the other stuff is like, how do we get there? And then how do we monetize that? And then how do we turn that into something to help people? You know, like it's a grind. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Now. All right. I've waited long enough. Okay. Cause I wanted to hear your story in from, from you in particularly, but if you don't mind, I need to switch gears and forgive me for saying it this way, but switch gears to your beautiful wife, Kylie Morgan. Hit me. So, one, I need her schedule to, and pardon my French, but lighten the fuck up because we have had her on our schedule for months. 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 So tell her to give Old Dominion a rest for an hour and to come on the show. Oh, no. <laughs> she's, actually, she's actually still in bed right now. The girl never never stops. She's a little... Oh, yeah, no. She's, she's everywhere. She's everywhere. A little, a little energizing money, man. She, and her and I have like polar opposite schedules. Literally, most of the time, we're on opposite ends of the country and like I said, I thought we had a weekend off this last week, and she goes, "No, we're going to this wedding, and then we're going to this thing." You know, I gotta go to Cincinnati. I'm just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. so, so with you guys, right? And you know, anybody that's following the country music world right now, you know, is watching Kylie's star pretty much rise at a level that, uh, honestly, I think a lot of people—I don't want to say—are surprised at, but are you know in awe of how quickly she's 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 going now how does that you know i, I can kind of guess based on our conversation but how how does that go at home for you guys is there like a level of competition is there like a you know like uh you know do you ever feel like oh kylie gets this opportunity again you know like is is there any sense of that you know people ask us that all the time and for like for us like we're like I'm thir a 37 year old man. She's 28 year old girl. Like yeah. it, she is pop country. And, you know, I've been a philanthropist fighting against a disease, you know, that happened right. to lead me to a career of country music. So like what we, she, you know, she's always had her eye on one prize since she was 12 years old. You know, she told her mom, like, I'm going to skip college and I'm going to go to Nashville to be a country singer. So that's always been her goal. And that's always where she's been headed. Like, I've had to go through, you know, hell and a hailstorm, you know, to get to this point. And it's, it was not an easy road. So um, it's like, I, I'm just like, I've, I've been doing something completely different than her. And she's been doing something completely different than me. You know, we're each other's equally like biggest champions. And we, we've each equally had our high highs and our low lows. I've had super high highs when she like, I'm on the road full time, like, opening up for anyone you can think of while she was still at home, like not touring, just writing every day, you know? And then I've been in a low where like, you know, my mom died and like, I have no one backing me and no team and no deal. And she's signing with universal records. And so like we all, we each have like these different seasons and different moments. And we've just always just held on to each other tightly through all of them. And like, like this last weekend, like it was so nice to finally like, have a weekend where I didn't have a guitar in my hand. And like, she, you know, she sang the national anthem for the Cincinnati Bengals game. I was just like elated. Like I never, I, I'll be honest, like I never get like super anxious or nervous. I would, I never felt so 
nervous in my life for her just because she means the world to me and I want nothing but success and happiness and joy for her. That's all I think about, all I pray about. So it, yeah, there's, it's zero, there's no sense. It's not a, even a, a thought of competition. It's like, how can we help each other get to where we're going? That's it. You know? So it's really been a beautiful thing. It's been a journey. We all have our, you know, our highs and our lows and our struggles and, you know, being married now it's like a whole different element like i felt like we've been married for a long time now that we actually are married like it does change things you know like, oh yeah. yeah yeah like oh shit this is forever you know we're bound to each other and um and just i don't know it's a different set of challenges especially in, you know we're in a very unique situation where we eat tour full time like it is our way of life is touring yeah, uh, and with that we get very little time together, and so the time that we have together it matters the most, you know. So, yeah, it's yeah, we're navigating it as we go, and uh, you know I couldn't be more happy and more proud for every little and big success that Kylie has, you know. So and I will continue to be her biggest champion, trying to be the the new the new Marin and and Ryan. You know, I guess because Marin's screwing it up. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I was just gonna say, bro. Yeah, I don't want to. Don't. Nope. I wouldn't go down that road of wanting to be Mary Morris, but that's <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, just me, I guess. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'm never gonna like talk poorly about anyone. But just like, oh, um, you don't have to. I will. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never want to do that. But just you know, like, I think it's so smart to stay out of politics and kind of keep your head out of the internet and just. Yep. You know, when you're given an opportunity to do good with your music, like, and you're on, especially when you're on the top of the mountain, just stay there, you know? Like, right. Kylie and I, we always say, like, when people ask us about religion or politics, like, I think it's different to talk about religion compared to talking about faith, you know? So, but oh, yeah. when people talk about religion or politics and ask us those, like, weighted questions, we always say we're, Swi we're Switzerland. Like, right. oh, we don't want to be divisive at all or get, you know, like, because people have their own, you know, beliefs and, you know, they believe that way for a reason and we respect that and that's all. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I, th I just, yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're getting to the point where I think we're, we're getting to the point where people see us, you know, now together as kind of like a package thing. And people, you know, when they, people think of Kylie, they think of Jay, people think of Jay, they think of Kylie, which is so cool to be a part of, you know, like we are, we're stronger together, you know, which right. I love. And You're like Johnny and June. Hey, I'll take you. Uh, even if I'm, if I'm June and she's Johnny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, awesome. it's, a, it's a cool thing to be a part of, and we, t you know, we take a lot of pride in it. Yeah, I mean, really are each other's biggest cheerleaders. Honestly, in the in the world of country music, I would say, you know, there's there's a lot of you know, power couples, right? And there's a lot of, you know, and please forgive me, but there's a lot of power couples that are bigger names than you guys, you know, like. Yeah. But at the at the at the end of the day, especially here in your story and the way you talk about Kylie, like. There is no, you know, just from, again, not to put words in Kylie's mouth or anything because she's not here, but, you know, you can tell there's an actual love and care between the two of you and it's not just a, and I'm not saying that it is for others, but it's not just a pub publicity stunt. Yeah, I mean, it, like, again, I'll say, like, we're not perfect and we have our struggles and I know I annoy the shit out of her sometimes and her and me, but at the end of the day, like, I can't imagine a day without her, you know, yeah. I, you know, it's as cheesy as it sounds, I, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, my eyes to the sky praying for a wife like her, you know, like down to the T of which, you know, her physical features and she is all that. So right. I can't imagine life without her, you know, it's, I'm very, very grateful for our marriage. You know, I love. That's awesome.
that's awesome. You know, and I, I got to tell you, you know, as we're talking here, my wife and I will be celebrating five years on Friday. Let's go, and, man. Congrats. Thanks, man. And it's, you know, I'm not going to tell you, it's, I'm not going to tell you it's been an easy road the last five years because it hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what, when you, when you love somebody, you just, you do everything you can, man. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, we're all designed to be like self-focused, you know, but, you know, I just found that, you know, when I, you know, you really take the time to, you know, try to be selfless towards that person, you know, go out of your way for them and put yourself second. That's where all the good stuff is, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. That is my battle every day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Congrats on five years, my friend. That's huge. Thanks. Thanks. I, You know, I'm not going to lie to you. There was times I didn't think we were going to make it this far, but here we are. Here we are. Day by day. Um, so Jay, I gotta say thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, like, honestly, I, 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 the last hour has just flown by for me because I didn't. I can't, your story is just so un, unbelievable and so heartwarming that, you know, I, I, I would listen to the. I'm gonna listen to this episode again, and I don't <laughs> typically ever do that. Um, but before I, before I let you get on your day. Because we are the Boots and Whiskey podcast, I have to ask about your boots, and yeah. I have to ask about a choice of whiskey if you have one. Yeah, boots is easy. Uh, Teco- I love Tacovas. Um, I uh, went, you know, when I first heard about Tacovas, um, I reached out to them, and we actually did a little partnership together for a while. And that's literally all I wear is Tacovas. They're based out of Austin. They have uh, stores all over the country now, including now. When they came to Nashville, I was pumped. I can literally like go a mile and a half and be at one of their stores which is cool because they actually have like when you walk in they always have like a little bar set up with a bartender and it's kind of nice you go in and have a little glass of bourbon and shop around for boots so no, uh, it, oh, hold it, on it, are you serious yeah it, 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 if you have not been to a Tacova store you need to because it literally like fits the theme of your podcast perfectly <laughs> i gotta reach out to them you should, man. It, they, I mean, I'm I'm sure they would love to do something with you. And, and uh, so, for me, for me, um, you know, bourbon. Like I'm kind of on a, a vodka water kick right now. But bourbon for me has always been. I love Angels Envy. I don't know why. Uh, just Angels Envy on the rocks is just. It, it gets me where I'm going. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No. It's it's a great choice. It's a great choice. That's I, and I haven't. Nobody's really said Angels Envy on this show or it hasn't in a long time well for me it was like it's a nostalgic thing too like uh, a buddy of mine he was actually the drummer of a band i started when i first moved to nashville um he was on the road i think he was um he was on the uh the production crew for thomas rett i think they're opening for eric church or something like that and um he said at the end of the tour eric church gave everyone a bottle of angels envy and they said, um, I, don't, I don't really like it. He goes, do you want it? And I drank that bottle so fast. And I just like fell in love. So I just yeah. kept drinking it for the first couple of years in Nashville. So yeah, it's like a nostalgic thing for me, I guess. I get it. I get it. When you, especially when you open up a bottle that you really like, you know, and that this, this is going to sound terrible, but like it's, it is hard to put down. Yes, yes. It's- I have a, and, and people like, because, you know, we have a, like a writer at all of our shows and a lot of times I don't drink half the things that are in the green room. So we just have this massive, like, stocked up bar at the house. <laughs> I have so much whiskey. I have, 
I've never even like opened. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's the kind of the point I'm at, you know, I've had so many distilleries send me stuff and it's like, I can't get to it all. You know, I, I, uh, there's just so much and I'm not complaining. Trust me. I'm not complaining at all, but it's, it's, it's tough sometimes. I found the best way to, the best way to get rid of your alcohol is to throw a house party. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't want to do that either. Cause there's some expensive <laughs> bottles. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's, I honestly, I can't thank you enough for taking your time and, and chatting with me about your whole life and, you know, really getting into some nitty gritty and, and all that. This is exactly what this show is all about. And, um, you know, I, I've always tried to tell my guests to, you know, be as human as possible. You know, there's no, there's no glitz and glamor here. Just be you. And honestly, I, I got a sense of you that I, again, nothing against you or anybody else, but I didn't expect. And I, and I thank you so much for it. Hmm. Well, uh, again, thank you for uh, the invite. And uh, sorry it took so long to make this happen. But, no, it's, dude, it happens. Things, you know, t- timing is always perfect. I that's think right. That, you know, there's someone out there that needs to hear this at this time. So that's uh, right. Thank you, for, thank you for creating an outlet for uh, people like me to share our stories. And um, thank you for doing what you do. Well, make it you 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 make a, what we do more more fun and possible. So thank awesome. you. Awesome. Well, I love to hear that, and I thank you so much for the compliments and. Honestly, next time you get up into into the Boston Providence area, let us know and we'll uh, we'll have some Angels Envy together. I love that, brother. Thank you, man. Anytime, anytime. Jay, thank you so much again, and we'll uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you. Have a blessed day, my friend. You too. Dallas Jackson here with Tipsy Music. Artists, are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? How are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. Best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at Tipsy Music on all socials. Long live live music. Well, there you have it, everyone. Our conversation with Jay Allen. Again, Jay, thank you so much for chatting with us and going through all this and the, you know, spending the last hour with us. It was, it was a huge honor to have you on the show. And again... You know, you you are like the epitome of a hard worker and somebody that is going to go out and get what they want and not let anybody stand in their way. And it's a huge, huge thing to see. And we we absolutely love it. So thank you so much for your story and your grace, um, you know, and chatting about everything from Alzheimer's to The Voice to Kylie to, you know, what you're doing with your music. And, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome. And we, we greatly appreciate you. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, we didn't do anything this weekend, this past weekend to report back on, um, 
and I am okay with that. It was nice to be home uh, this weekend with the with the fam and all that. So uh, this coming weekend, we do have a show at Off the Rails. We have Houston Bernard, Scarlet Drive, and Ashley Jordan. If you're in the area, go check that out because it's going to be a great, great time. Um, and if you haven't already, or if we haven't already, we are giving away two tickets to see Burt Kreischer at the DCU Center here in Worcester. If you're local, if you're not, sorry, uh, we got nothing for you. But if you're local, Burt Kreischer, two tickets, December 7th. DCU Center, Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, go to our socials and, and check it out and do all the things that those platforms um, ask you to do. So thank you again. We have, who's coming on? Um, Allison Porter is Wednesday. She'll be here Wednesday. And then on Friday, we have Je- Jurgens Meyer on the show. So thank you to both of them for coming on. And we hope to see you guys then. So until then, guys, remember, always always here on the Boots of Whiskey podcast. It's all about real people, real stories, real country. Thank you so much. Until Wednesday, guys, um, go go check out our Etsy shop, uh, Boots and Whiskey swag. Corny, I know, but it's there. Go check it out. We'd love to have you get something and rep our, rep our brand wherever you're from. So until Wednesday, guys, thank you so much. Keep those boots on the ground of the whiskey glass. Y'all, cheers. See you Wednesday.